told you Wednesday night she's going to be teaching this morning, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, you don't need this. I don't need that. All right, before I get started, I always like to ask the good Lord to help us first. How about that? Lord knows I need it. All right, Father, we just come before you, and God, I just ask, Lord, that you would help me today, Father, as I deliver this message, Father, that I believe that you've inspired, Father, that I believe you revealed to me. Lord, I ask that it would pierce the heart of every man, woman, and child listening today. And Father, allow it, Father God, to push through, Father, and take root in someone's heart today, Father, to bring forth a season of change in the name of Jesus. All right, so without uh, hesitation, I want everyone to know I prayed for that child that would be in this service listening because Quentin has chose to stay from 5.6 today and stay in the service today so that he can hear his mother's preach. I think there's a little alternative motive in that or ulterior motive in that. Where's he at? Quentin? Good. Okay, I can't see your head. Maybe I should be able to see your face. That would be better. Thank you. Just want to make sure you're aware of that. All right, so... Everyone knows that Mandisa is coming to the church, right? This next weekend is going to be a really big deal. Well, one of you beautiful people thought you would be encouraging by saying, Oh, Nicole, you know, I really love that song. You're an overcomer, taking the fight till the final round. Okay, here's the problem. Someone suggested that I personally might be able to sing that song. The problem is I don't have three octaves in my voice, but thank you for thinking I sang so beautifully. And number two, I'm the only girl on this stage with a man voice. So it's not possible, but thank you so much. And I appreciate it because you are a part of today's message because since I couldn't sing it, I'm going to preach it. Not to mention my dad suggested it would be a good topic. <laughs> okay, so let's begin today in Romans, the eighth chapter in the fifth and sixth verse is where we're going to start. All right. So it says in the fifth chapter, or eighth verse, fifth, eighth chapter, fifth verse, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Seems pretty simple scripture speaks for itself if we live in our carnal mind we think carnally real simple but that in the second scripture he tells us that if you're going to live in your carnal mind then that's going to bring death right death to every situation that you think about death to every relationship that you're in whatever that is when you live in that carnal place it brings forth death just like sin the ultimate payment for sin is what death when we live in our spiritual mind, it brings life and peace. How many could use some peace right now in the world? How many of you, uh, just turn the television on. How much peace do we need? I'd just rather leave it off right now because it's this channel fighting with this channel and this group of people fighting with this group of people. I'd just like a little life and peace. Amen? All right. The word life means vitality vitality and the word peace means rest or quiet I don't know if they can do away with my children but that's what it would have to take in order for me to become restful but since that's not the case how many of you today would say Nicole before I even hear you preach this message I want to be an overcomer let show hands I want to show hands no lip service today show hands all right okay me too 
I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. For those of you that don't know, the word overcomer, someone has really made a lot of money on this word. Overcomer in the Greek means N-I-K-A-O, but it's pronounced Nike. How many of you walk around seeing people with Nike on their shirt all day long? Proclaiming that in the gym, in their sports, your mama wanted me to be her kid because I'm such a good. You know, it says, uh, I spit in your face something Nike or something like that. No, it's really great. My mom thinks you're ugly and I'm the best. Nike. Yeah, really. It's all a mental game. But overcomer means to carry off the victory. Ouch. Carry off the victory. Sorry, I've had a little bit of struggle with my back. Carry off the victory. That's what that means, the word Nike. So we're going to be carrying off the victory a lot today. We're going to go over that, and you're going to hear it. The next scripture I want to go to, though, to set some groundwork is John 16, the 33rd verse. And I'm going to make you turn some today. It's okay. You're going to be fine. Your fingers won't break. You'll be fine. In John, the 16th chapter, I want to give you a little history on this because throughout the 14th, 15th, and 16th chapter of John, Jesus is telling his disciples what about is, is what, what about's to happen. It's going to get bad. Like I'm telling you that the life you know right now is not what's going to happen. They're going to hate you more. They're going to persecute you at a higher level than you've ever been persecuted before. Not only that, I'm going to go away. And it's like, well, where are you going to go? Trust me, I'm going to go away, but don't worry. I'm going to come back for a little season of time. And then I'm going to leave again, but I'm going to leave somebody with you. And they're like, Jesus is trying to give them hope for what's about to happen, right? So the last verse, as he's wrapping this stuff up, telling them how bad it's going to get, he says, these things I have spoken unto you, meaning I've told you you're going to be hated, I've told you you're going to be prosecuted, or persecuted, I've told you I'm leaving. These things I have told you that in me, not around me, not with me, not beside me, but in me ye might have now we just read in Romans 8 5 what happens if we're carnally minded we have death but if we're spiritually minded then we have life and peace right is that not what the word said so these two scriptures they correlate see when you're in Christ in your spiritual mind thinking about spiritual things, thinking the spiritual process, then it brings life and peace. It might bring life and peace because, see, you have to choose to live in that spiritual mind. Because the first response, because you're flesh, everyone pinch yourself. I want you, ow, don't be afraid to say, ow. Like, I want you to pinch yourself. Don't just, oh, yeah, I'm real. Pinch yourself until you say, ow. I'm serious. This is an action. I need you to do that. Pinch yourself hard enough that you say, ow. Okay, if you were spirit, that wouldn't bother you. Your flesh. Did anyone notice that this morning? You woke up breathing. It hurts. It feels pain. It worries. It has anxious thoughts. But the spirit man does not. Your spirit man don't hurt. Your spirit man walks through stuff. Your spirit man is permeable. Why did they think he was a ghost? Listen, spirit, that's who we are, but we live in this flesh. 
And whether we like it or not, your first immediate response is your flesh and your carnal mind. Right? All right. So in me, ye might. Keep in mind, these are the red letters. This is Jesus himself talking. This is pretty important stuff. You can take all the rest of that stuff, you could throw it out, and this would preach by itself. Just the red letters would be enough to get you through the rest of your life. In me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Now, wait a minute. In the line before, it was a maybe. I, <laughs> those maybes kind of work for me because I have a choice. The word shall right here just took my choice away. You shall have tribulation. Not you might, not if you have, but listen, when tribulation comes. It's a matter of when and will you be ready when the tribulation comes to think out of your spiritual place and not your carnal place. Because that tends to be the challenge for a lot of us. I'm, I'm speaking to myself, please, before I speak to you. But, but, now, the word but is a conjunction, just like Dad was talking about last week about the word and, but this is different because the word but in my vocabulary, I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm going to have to get real. Some of you don't like this, but I do watch Dr. Phil, and I get sometimes he's a little off, but sometimes he is spot on. And he says, when you say but, mom, with all due respect, I'm using the conjunction. I promise you, I'm not speaking of your derriere. When you use the word but, it means ignore everything you just said and pay attention to what I'm saying now. So when you're in an argument with somebody and you're going, and you're recognizing all their pain, and then you say, but this is how I feel, you just said, I ignored everything I just said to you because I really don't care about your feelings. My feelings are more important. What Jesus is saying, I just told you all that bad, but... Ignore what I just said and listen to these words. Be of good cheer. What? What? He just told me tribulation's coming. He just told me that we could be persecuted and thrown out of the synagogue and that we could even die for him. And he says, but don't worry about any of that. Be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Who's I? Who's speaking? Jesus has overcome the world. But we get all up in an uprile. Literally, he's trying to calm them down based on what they've just heard. But be of good cheer. It's like so simple. Just be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Hmm. I like it. Here's my problem with that. I'm a prepper. I prepare for things. If I know things are coming, I would much rather know it's coming than it to take me by surprise. I really don't care for surprises. I don't like surprise birthday parties. I hate surprise birthday parties. I, I know that sounds crazy. I just don't enjoy them. I, I, it's a lot of work. Here's the point. I remember hearing a story about college campus girls who were walking late after class, like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, their classes would get out, and they were being taken advantage of by this guy that was on the college campus. So these girls... The college began designing a self-defense class for these girls that they would learn self-defense and they would learn how to, you know, battle this guy down so that he couldn't take advantage of them. And I thought, hmm, okay, here's the point. They said after training a significant amount of girls that the girls 
that came to the self-defense classes and had a plan before they left their class were the ones that were not taken advantage of. But the ones who are like, it's never going to happen to me. It's never going to happen to me because I'm just so perfect. And, you know, that's not like one out of every ten and I'm the nine. It happened to. A lot of us, speaking to myself, a lot of us are not prepared for what's ahead. A lot of us find ourselves just like Pastor Tim was sitting here talking about the social media. A lot of us find ourselves reacting to the situation before we've been proactive. We're caught off guard. And let me tell you something. The devil is not waiting for the one who has a plan. He's waiting for the one that he can take by surprise. Here, this, this is exactly what it is. I'm telling you, listen, he may not have any power because Jesus already stripped it away. But he sure is cunning and he sure is wise. And he sits and he waits like this, like that. You've seen the lion. Listen, they don't just walk around the pride like, hey, I'm all that. I'm the king of the jungle and I see you and I'm going to eat you. No, that's not how it works. They get down low. And that savanna grass is like three and a half feet tall. And they lay. And they hunker down in it and they go like this. By the way, the lion don't do nothing. The lionesses do everything. I just like to state that. Yeah, like a whole pride of lions, like 21 of them. And there's one guy who's in charge of it. And he hears the kill from five miles away. And then he runs and they wait till he gets there and let him eat first. Just saying, nature's got it all wrong. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just using that as a comical relief. The point is, they lay and they wait. And they don't go after the fast one. They don't go after the fastest gazelle. They don't go after the strong one. They go after the weak one. They go after the one who's not paying attention, who's so about her grass and how she's got this new green patch of grass that all the other gazelles are off to the side. And she's like, dude, you need to come over here like this is the best grass ever because I'm like the smartest gazelle ever. (laughs) It's over. Gazelle's gone because she's not ready for the attack. She's not ready. She doesn't think it can happen to her. Listen, Christ told us, you shall have tribulation. So why in the world are we not prepared? Why are we not practicing reinventing the action and responding so that we're ready? See, Mr. Wren, I don't know where he's at. I know he's here. Listen, he can kill you with his finger. His finger. But let me tell you something, he has a plan before he even lays a hand on you of how he's going to get you. He's already looked at you, he's seen what you have on your body, where you've got a bulge, yep, right there, that might be a knife, that might be a gun. And he's already determined in his mind a plan of action to take you down. He's anticipated your move before you've anticipated his. Let me tell you something, some of us need to begin to anticipate the devil's next move because he's waiting for yours he's waiting for you to close your eyes so that he can pounce all right so we're gonna have it let's go remember only believe you shall have tribulation but i have overcome the world and i'm calling you by your name because your name means something there's a reason you've been planted in only believe don't you get that I'm sorry, but I think it's the greatest name of any church in America. 
only believe. Like, you get to state faith every single time somebody says, oh, Heather, where do you go to church? Only believe. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you almost have to say it humbly because you're so proud of it. Only believe. Like, what did you say? Yeah, you heard me right. Only believe ministries. Can you believe that's our name? It's exciting. Only believe. Just relax. Be of good cheer. He's overcome the world. Right? The world. 1 John 5, 4, and 5. I can't take rabbit trails or I'm not going to get you out of here. And i got to get you out of here. Now I know why dad wants this family praise and worship stuff to hurry up. 1 John 5, 4, and 5. All right, it says, For whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, I get that's King James Version, so that's a lot. Let me, let me break this down for you. It's real simple. For whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Who was Jesus? Brought by Mary, born of God, put the seed in Mary, Jesus comes, right? And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Jesus on the cross overcame the world, right? That's the true victory, right? Even our faith. What are we talking about here? This is where you come into play. What got you saved? Grace through faith, right? Now it's bringing you, the believer, into the story. Who is he that overcometh the world? This is a question being asked you. Then who is it? If even by our faith, who is it that overcometh the world? Yet, he who believes on the Son, Jesus Christ. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that he died and rose from the grave? Then that makes you an overcomer. Boom, done, over. The same faith that made you believe in Jesus and receive your salvation is the same faith that overcomes the world. It's that simple. Why do we make it so hard? Because of the fight. The fight. Remember Mandisa? Stay in the fight till the final round ain't going under. That's the song. It's the fight. It's the fight. It's the length of the fight. It's the persistence of the fight. It's the amount of patience you have to have in the fight. It's the enduring of the fight. No one said this would be easy. See, I was at Dwayne's the other day, um, my, my chiropractor, and he was working on me. And he, he was talking about something that God had showed him. But he said something really profound. He said, Nicole, I think Christians think that Jesus was like, like, like they're, they're wimpy. Jesus wasn't wimpy. Like he manned up. Like someone tell you that you're going to go to the cross. You're going to be, mm, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. They're going to beat you beyond recognition. And yet this man is like, yep, that's me. Yep, let's get it done. Listen, I get to the gym, and it's a four-minute round of Tabata. Mind-blowing. It's just you squat down, you stand up. You squat down, you stand up. You squat down, you stand up. Four minutes of your life. Dude, I can't. At the third round, I'm about to die. And I'm thinking, I can't do this. I got to quit. I got to quit. And then my mind starts working. You're nothing. You can't finish. You can't finish. You can't finish. Yet the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood. Do you know what this man went through? He's no wuss. He stood up. 
He stood up for all of mankind and said, I don't care how much fear. I don't care if there's doubt and unbelief. I don't care what it is. I know the Lord spoke to me. I'm going to that cross no matter what. Some of us need to build a spine. Some of us need to get serious about the work of the Lord. Some of us need to get really serious about what an overcomer means. And you know what? It doesn't mean you quit. There's no quitters in heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to be no mediocre Christian sitting on mediocre street in a mediocre mansion. I don't want to just get to heaven. Now I'm telling you, come on. We're overcomers. Only believe. Only believe. Be of good cheer. For he has overcome the world. You don't have to. Oh, you don't have to die. You don't have to give your life on the cross. You're not the one that has to sweat blood. All you have to do is use what he did. See, some of us, I can't get ahead of myself. Okay, let me tell you a story. Calm down, Nicole. Can't get ahead of your story. Okay. Some of you know that Regina, Ashley, and I all went to Aruba together. It was beautiful, by the way. It was the best trip of my entire life. Without my mom, I've had trips with her that I missed her dearly, but I called it, and I just, I, I, it would have been better if she was with me. Okay, so, Brother Philip picked up Ashley and I, and Regina was already in the front car. And Regina says, well, girls, are we ready for this? And I say, yeah. And Ashley, this is my story, so if this isn't true, shh, I don't know. It's the way I remember the story, so it's right. Okay, so, Regina says, girls, I got something, something really serious I need to tell you. And I'm like, okay like it just went like all the happiness in the car just left like this there was something really heavy about this and she says yep we gotta tell you something serious and i now i think they're joking because she repeated it and all of a sudden i hear philip in his man voice everyone that knows pastor philip he's our campus pastor over at kenton he doesn't talk like a man at all he talks like a girl that gets way up here like this and he says yep as of last thursday they did away with my job but that's okay. Praise the Lord. I'm not, I'm not concerned one bit. The Lord's going to just take us to a whole new level. The faith that we had is the faith that we needed. And you know what? We've been sitting around in this comfort zone too long. It's time to rise up. It's time to get over ourselves. It's time to let the Lord take over and be what he's going to be. That was a pretty good impression, Phil, because that's how it goes. He starts out real low, and then he gets really, really, really fast, and he gets louder and louder and higher and higher. And It's beautiful. And I looked at Ashley, and Ashley looked at me like, 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 should we be sad or should we be happy? And out of Ashley's mouth comes, praise the Lord. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, amen. The Lord's going to do a great mighty work in your life and, and you're crazy. This, in my mind, this is what I'm thinking. Like, Philip, do you know how much money you make? Like, this isn't, and I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know if it's three figures because I thought if it was three figures, then maybe I said he made $2.12. Was it six figures? Because then was it like a thousand comma zero, 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 comma zero, zero, zero? I don't know how to do that. I'm just telling you he makes a lot of money. Okay? Now, Philip's response was everything. It was amazing. I, I had said it. A couple, three months prior, I said, Ashley, someone we love started fighting a really big battle. And I told Ashley, we walked into this hospital and it was just like, it was like, like I felt heavy, like I felt fearful, like I felt, ugh. 
oh, do we have to go through this? Like, that's what I thought in my mind. Yet I wondered after that, I told Ashley, I feel like God's chastening my heart to say, you know what? What would have happened if you had walked in that hospital room, just slammed open the door and said, praise the Lord. Someone's sick and God can heal them. What would have happened? What would, what would have happened if I had done the Bible? I get that fear grips you. I get that doubt comes. I get that unbelief happens. But I'm here to tell you that without a preparation, without being prepared for what the devil is going to bring your way, it's not a matter of is, it's a matter of when. What it will look like, how big will it be, I don't know. But tribulation shall come. And Brother Philip's response was amazing. See, the devil wanted Philip. To respond out of his carnal mind. He wanted Philip to crawl in a corner. Oh, pastor, what am I going to do? They've done away with my job and we're pastors of a church that doesn't pay us enough. I don't know what we're going to do. It's only 80 people to 100 over there. They're never going to pay my three-figure, six-figure job. He wanted to get Philip to go, <gasps> so he could stab him. Don't you get it? When someone grabs you, it's like the exhale of fear. <gasps> no, it's praise the Lord. Listen to me. You have a required response. But you don't do it because I'm going to tell you right. Just like I said that I felt in the hospital. 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 You know what? <clears throat> Quit feeling. I don't need you to feel. The devil needs you to feel. The devil needs you to feel not enough, broken, sick, desolate, financially broke. Quit feeling. You're looking at me, the woman who preaches with her feelings. I'm telling you, God don't need those feelings. You don't need them. All they do is defeat your mind and your heart. You need a required response every single time, no matter what the day, what the hour, you respond the same way. No matter what. People are going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're crazy because I'm going to tell you right now, I dare you to walk into a hospital room. I dare you to walk into a hospital room where there is no faith because they're broken and they're scared to death and say, Praise the Lord. Because you know what? They'll accuse you of being non-compassionate. They'll cause you, they'll cut you, you everything. You're the peculiar person when really you're the one walking in faith. You want to talk about persecution? That's when the persecution is going to happen. Because you didn't feel our sympathy or our empathy. You didn't have empathy for us. You didn't have sympathy for you. Listen, I'm not saying that you can't have empathy. I'm not saying that you don't have sympathy. I'm not saying that you don't reach out in love and grab that person and hold them dear. And assure them and reassure them that God is enough for your battle. God is enough for your storm. But to sit and sulk in that doubt and that unbelief and that fearful place is wrong. That's not an overcomer. That's a mediocre walker. Just, yeah, whatever happens, it's okay. God's enough. God's enough. God's enough. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If it's not you that's in that battle, you best be sowing into that person's life that is in that battle. Because you know what? They might be too tired to say praise the Lord. They might have went <gasps> to grasp for their first breath after this thing has happened. 
It is you as Christian believers. It is your responsibility to raise up underneath your brother and your sister and raise up those arms to go, it's all right. You keep walking. When you quit walking, we're going to start carrying you. It's all right. We believe. We believe. You keep going. You sleep tonight, but tomorrow we're going to fight. You sleep tonight, but tomorrow we're going to fight. And through that night, you fight. You're the one standing in the gap for that brother. You're the one standing in the gap through their tribulation. Don't you leave this place and say that Nicole was uncompassionate. That's not true. I'm trying to get you to think outside of your flesh. I'm trying to get you to go beyond what your mind will let you think. It's not denial. It's not denial. It's knowing and reclaiming and repositioning yourself to see the truth, not the lie. I'm not saying I'm in denial. You may have what they say they, you, they said you have. It doesn't matter. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I overcome sickness. I overcome your financial breakdown. I overcame your broken marriage. I did. Now you have to walk it through with me in your spiritual mind. It's time we turn this off. Time you turn this off. Time you feel your little feel, turn your little feeler, turn it right off. Mine's been on high for way too long, if you know what I'm saying. Let's go on. All right, that's Philip's story. I'm going to tell you my story. I want to tell you my story. In the last 10 days, Randy's been gone. And three days prior to that, he was gone on a trip, came home for a day, and then he left again. So it's like he's been gone for 13 days or something like that. But I promise you, this story's not near as desperate as the disciples. This isn't that they're going to throw us out of synagogue. This isn't that I'm going to die uh, for Jesus' name today anyways. Today anyways. I'm not telling you that I'm not prepared to die for him. I am. And I teach my children to do the same. It's not near as significant as their tribulation, but it's real. It's real to me. This is my real world. And in the last 10 days, I'm just going to give you a list of what's occurred. I had one child. Well, I'll just tell you their ages. I won't mention names. I had one child that was 12 years old who decided that he would be disrespectful to a leader on his bus and then call another child on the bus something he shouldn't have said. His intentions were not to hurt that child, but that doesn't matter. It was perceived as it was. I got a call from the school. I had to go talk to the principal, the bus driver, and I let then this 12-year-old child talk to the bus driver, the principal, and the child that he harmed and apologize for his disobedience and his disrespect and for his nature that was not godly, number one. Number two, I had a 15-year-old who decided that he was going to go to a homecoming dance late in the evening, and then show up the next day to church with an attitude because he didn't get enough rest. Wouldn't have been a problem had he been sitting in his pews, but he's in a leadership position. So he begins to tell his band leader that <clears throat> I didn't get any sleep pretty much, and I'm in a nasty mood, and I shouldn't have to practice for an hour and a half before church. This is ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. As she confronts him, tells him to <clears throat> pretty much quiet his mouth, he's being disruptive. He continues, and not only does he slip down the slippery slope of his own, but he pulls in five other band members with him who decide to gripe and complain because they've been out too late, and they all go down the slope with him. 
so there was no worship service in youth last week because there was only one girl with a heart that could do it. Had to deal with that one. So Lincoln, as of today, when he thought he had to take up the offering, made it to Pastor... Oh, the 15-year-old made it to Pastor Tim and to his leadership and to his band members, if he has not, to apologize straight away for his actions because he could not control himself and he should have asked to be removed from the band that day and said, look, I'm just not up to it today. I'm really feeling exhausted and I'm, I, I'm not assured that I can respond like Christ. That's all. That's, that's all it would have taken. Remove yourself. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. So needless to say, needless to say, mm -hmm, needless to say, the 12-year-old the next day goes out to get his sister's book bag or something out of the back of the car, not the book bag because that's what was left in the car, gets something that she was making for senior night for all these people and <clears throat> left the keys in the back of a German-made car with an automatic lock that's used and we only had one key. This is only Wednesday night, so Thursday and Friday we had no books, no computer, and I'm a senior, and i got to have all this to make my life perfect, and you're breaking my life apart, and it's all falling apart. And then my back... Uh-oh, okay. Then my back went out as I'm laying in a, in a salon chair, and I can't move, and, and I'm trying to get through it, and I come home and I push my garage door opener, and it doesn't work mind-blowing experience so I get out I, t I tell Randy the day he's home listen the garage door's broke well I don't know what to tell you you're just gonna have to bend over and pick the door up and bring it back down I'm like don't worry it's a 700 pound wood door I got this because my back ain't working you know and usually when it, when a woman's home by herself she wants her house secure you know what I mean so don't worry I'm just gonna leave the garage door open and down and pull my cars in and act like it's locked because I can sleep like that. Oy. Okay, no, no, it's, it's not over yet. Don't even think it's over. My debit card's hacked. Hacked. $800 worth of Toys R Us, Amazon, and the bank calls me and says, Nicole, are these your charges? No. Well, we wondered about last month when you tried to pay your water bill on the card, and I went, what? Automatic withdrawal. But they denied so I go home to no water working because I didn't know that they didn't suck out my water bill. It's okay. I humbly went down to the water department because you can't call them to turn your phone card. It doesn't matter. And I said, I'm here to pay my water bill and it's been shut off. I need to get it turned back on. And she says, oh, don't worry, honey. It happens every day to all the best of us. I said, really? That, that, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't feel ashamed. I can hardly even look up at the camera that's looking at me to make sure I'm not stealing money from the water department. That's not over. It's not over. No, no, no. Randy decided before he was going to leave that he was going to do some bank stabilization in our backyard. Our backyard is on the Ottawa River. And so erosion happens quite frequently after a really large rain. So it's better to do it now so that when the spring rains come, it doesn't wash away and erode your hill. So he decided that he would talk to the Shawnee... Um, golf course who's ripping out their pool and have them drop off five semi loads of concrete in our front yard because you know that would be bank stabilization and then he was going to you know maneuver all these people to come and throw the rock over the hill except one of our neighbors got mad before that actually happened so now I have a township post on my door 
when I drive home. And I, I read it and it says, you have 30 days to remove all this or you'll be removed. Now, I, I'm just here to tell you that this is just the last 10 days of my life. But what I'm here to say is that it wasn't about the rebellious children. It wasn't about the broken garage door. It wasn't about my back. It, oh, not even to mention that I had to preach on Sunday, by the way, with all these things on it, and I can't move. So I'm laying in bed with my legs up, trying to read. Oh, it was ridiculous. The most ridiculous thing in the world. I finally broke down and began to cry because I'm human, for goodness sakes. But I hadn't finished my message. So I didn't understand that I shouldn't be going, <gasps> Randy. Randy's calling, by the way, on the phone. How's everything going? Oh, just fine. Just fine. There's no problems here. Everything's great. How's God moving over there? Oh, miracles are just happening off the hook. I'm like, yeah, we need one here right now because I'm about to die. This is tribulation in my life today. This isn't the far beyond the worst thing that's ever happened to me. That's not true. That's not true. This is not the worst thing that's ever, ha ever happened to me. It won't be the worst thing. It's not going to be the last thing. The point is it was all at once in 10 days and no one was with me to help me get through it. And I can't walk. But do you know what the Lord said to me? But. But. Be of good cheer, for see, I have come to give you the money to fix the garage door opener, $278. I've come to give you the money to pay some guy that showed up at your house that you don't even know what he did before he got into cars. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I got the money. Like, he showed up, I'm like, mm, yes, can I help you? Oh, I'm here to get in your car. I never got one of these before, and I'm like, ugh. Help me, Jesus. Now I needed my garage door to work, if you know what I'm saying. It was sketchy. The point was, as God said, be of good cheer, Nicole, because I've got the money for your garage door. I got the money to get those keys out. I'm going to work with your disobedient children that you think have a heart issue. I'm going to be the daddy of all daddies. When you've done and said what you can do, when you've beat them, when you've done everything there is to do, don't worry, I'm going to kick in. I'm going to deal with the heart. I got this. Don't worry about the township because when you have that meeting, I'm going to walk in like the father that I am. And guess what? I got favor. You know what they said? We're going to do away with the complaint and let you shove the rock over the wall. Let me tell you something. God showed up at that meeting and I didn't have to. I just played the stupid blonde and God showed up and even brought a man there to defend me. I'm telling you, it was like, this man said, okay, this girl don't have a clue what she's talking about. And all I did was ask a simple question. Concrete, block, and asphalt. They're different? All I had to say, and that guy said, never mind. We're not even going to talk about what that is. It is not debris going over that hill. They're going to shove it over. God knew that I didn't have a clue what I was dealing with when I went to that meeting. But God fixed it. My water got turned back on. The debit card came in the mail. Guess what? He overcame it all. And here I am preaching to you. Back's still a little shady. That's all right. God's still fixing it. You know what? I was down there this morning and I was lifting up my hands and I thought, 
you know what, I ain't letting nothing deal my praise, and I just start doing what all those kids are doing. Don't care. Don't care. Listen, various trials and tribulations are coming your way. It says in James 1 and 2, count it all joy. Count it all joy. And I know it's against everything you believe. But you've got to begin to prepare yourself for the response. It's coming. So we're going to practice. No, no, I'm serious. We're going to practice. And this right here is where lip service don't work. This is a participation sport. And I need every, this isn't, oh, we're going to praise and worship the Lord today. We need everyone to participate. You know what that means? <sighs> I'm, I'm just going to speak real right now. You're, I'm a praise and worship leader right now. Oh, I am so tired. Like, you know, remember that 15-year-old? I'm so tired. I don't even think I can. This is how I'm raising my hands. Because this is all I got today. What if when you reached out to the Lord, he said, yeah, hang on. Let me wake up. What do you need? What you need today? I'm on this. I overcome the world. What you need? What if God responded to you the way we respond to him? I'm just going to get real with you right here. Okay, Lord, I'm in. Ashley said surrender. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, God. I got this. Come on. Come on. Is your flesh that strong? Is your flesh got that much hold on you? Does your carnal mind really got that much? Because I'm going to tell you right now, look, my carnal mind just told me my back's hurting. My spiritual mind said I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus and there ain't no back going to hurt my praise. Now let me tell you something. You've got to step out of what your mind says. Your mind will defeat you before you get started. And the devil just uses it. And you suck it up and deal with it. Oh yeah, I'm just nothing. I'm, yeah, my back hurts. I should be limping. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. As Dwayne would say, Jesus wasn't a wuss. Step up. Step up. You've got what it takes to do this. Only believe. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. All right. Now I'm going to throw something bad out. And you're going to respond from your spiritual place. All right? Don't worry. There's more than one chance to get this right. Okay. Bling, 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 bling. Wait, wait. Everyone's ringtone now is a song. I'm an overcomer. Yeah? Hey, honey, I just wanted to call you. Um, some things shook down at work today, and 28 people got laid off. <gasps> you're kidding me. No, um, well, were you one of them? Were you? Were you? We can't afford, were you one of them? Well, honey, I was. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Let's see. Um, Mom, uh, I need to tell you something today. This special needs lady came in at school. And she sit with me for like an hour. And she needs to talk to you tomorrow because she thinks, um, she thinks when I read that, I see these letters backwards. 
and, and I'm, I'm really scared. Mom, what should I do? Why would I praise the Lord, Mom? I can't read. The lady's telling me my letters are going this, like this. It's okay. God's got this. I've overcome the world. Right? Right? Okay, um, so I went to Cleveland Clinic, and the doctor said that they think I have, uh, well, they don't really have a name for it because they, they can't find what it is, but they tell, me, they tell me that this disease can't be fought by medicine and it can't do this, but it's, um, what do they call that? It's a, uh, uh, you know, something you just got to live with for the rest of your life. It's, it's something that, that's not, I don't know what it is. It's just really bad. Worst thing someone can tell you is what they don't know you have, how long it's going to last, and that, oh, yeah, it's an autoimmune disease. What's that? just means you got to deal with it for the rest of your life. No, that's not true. That's not true. You don't have to deal with it for the rest of your life. The devil's a liar. But they want you to believe you got to deal with it for the rest of your life. You don't. All right. So we've worked on how we're going to respond on this, right? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. The price that Christ paid on the cross made you the overcomer. And by the word of our testimony. See, Pastor talked last week about being in the perfect will of the Lord. Do you remember that? Okay. When he was talking about the perfect will, this is the perfect will. The perfect will for your life was the perfect written word of God. And he said that if we don't get in this Bible and determine what is God's perfect will, how will you know what to walk in? Is it God's perfect will that each and every one of us is an overcomer? So is it his perfect will that I work out of my carnal mind so that I can't overcome? Then why do we do it? You say you want to be in the perfect will. You say, oh God, I only want what you want. Your will be done, not mine. Not true. Lies. All lies. I want what you want if I think it applies to me. Come on, I'm preaching to you because I had to preach to myself first. See, I want it to go through my frame of mind first. And then give me some time to work it out, and I'm going to come out with a spiritual mind. It's not how it works. It's not how it works. Some of you need to identify that when it says count it all joy, that we truly need to be counting it all joy. See, in Philippians, the fourth chapter, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Don't let this flesh tell you what to do. Is anxious a part of the spirit? Is anxious a part of the spirit? No. Then why do we do it? Because you're too busy feeling. Turn it off. Turn off your feeler. Don't want to care. Don't care about what you feel. I do care what you got. I'm saying in your response to Christ. Don't you leave here saying I'm not compassionate. Because I'm going to get you. 
be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What is that? Another feeling. Feeling thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, you're going to walk around. Thank you, Jesus, for persecution. Thank you, Jesus, that my back's out. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Let your request be known unto God. And the peace of God for those who spiritually think it. For those who walk with the spiritual mind. Keepeth your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Listen. Your response is everything. If you see... Let, let, me take a, let, let me take a vote now. How many of you want to be overcomers now? Praise the Lord, it's still good. See, a lot of us want to be an overcomer and still stay on the starting line. I just want to do this and say I ran the race and then you bring me my trophy. I got news for you. In order to be an overcomer of fear, you had to walk through it. In order to have a marriage that everyone wants and everyone envies, you got to go through the garbage. You got to empty the trash. You got to deal with all those problems that everyone else just lifts up the rug and sweeps under. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't come without a price. See, today's world, people walk around with Nike on their shirt all day long. Because you just buy it, right? You get to buy your overcoming power, your overcoming spirit. And because you wear Nike, you look like you're an athlete. Yeah, like I don't fail in the gym. Yeah, that's not how it works in the Christian world. Because all of us look around and we know who's truly overcoming. Because when I was sitting in that car, and the first thought out of my mind was, Oh Lord, Philip lost his job. Philip had on this Nike shirt. <clears throat> he powerhoused the devil down and he was the victor that day. He was the victor. I was just this slouch sitting on the front row of that starting line going, okay, let's go. I'm ready, Lord, for whatever you bring. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I was shocked. I was overcome for him. Like, yeah. And then when now she said, praise the Lord, I'm like, yeah, amen. Yeah, because that should be my response. Our response is everything. But if you don't know what the word of God says, you don't know the perfect will. That's what we learned last week, that this is the perfect will of God for our lives. If you didn't know that you had to mix faith with that and stand up, then how could you overcome? How could you know the perfect will of God if you never opened it to find out? Look, I hate to say this, and this isn't about works. Let me state this clearly. This isn't about works. You can't work your way to heaven. You cannot. But what's in here is a whole lot of work. See, God's grace came from the cross to save you all. By grace, through faith, you were saved. But after that, it turns into a four-letter word, work. And if you don't work out your salvation, just what Pastor said last week, you don't work it out, you will never know the will of God for your life. And you're going to keep asking me, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? 
but Nicole, where do I work out in the church? I don't know. You tell me where you work in the church. It doesn't say you're supposed to be a children's pastor in here. It doesn't say you're supposed to work the welcome desk. What it says is there's many members to the body. Pick one. Just pick one. God will work it out along the way. Use your talents. Be sure you're doing what you know you can do for the Lord. God will work it out along the way. Do you think that when I was 12, I saw myself here? I didn't. I don't want to be up here preaching. It's scary. It's scary. I could say the wrong thing and all of you could get mad and leave. You know, you're kind of like the customer. The customer's always right. But that's not true. I'm not a man pleaser. I'm here to please Christ, and I'm here to do what he wants me to do. And what I've identified is that this is his will for my life. And you've got to know his will for your life. So God's perfect will is that you're an overcomer. Amen? All right. I want to read Revelations because this is important. Revelations has the most scriptures about being an overcomer in the whole Bible. They're all in here, and it's beautiful. I'm just going to read them. You don't have to turn to them. I'm going to read them to you. 2.25. But that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works. Mm, there's that word. Unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Talking about ruling and reigning with him in heaven after he returns. Revelations 12.11. And they overcame him, meaning the devil and the world, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death, meaning they were willing to give their lives for what they believed in. They were willing to lose theirs that they might find true life once again. Look here. And the last one of the day. This is John writing the book of Revelation. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But listen closely. But ignore everything I just said and take heed. The fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and the murderers, and the fornicators, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. God just put the fearful and the unbelieving in the same boat with murderers and fornicators. I'm telling you, that there is no trial and no tribulation that should separate us from the love of God. None. None. And you've got to put on your man right now. You've got to put on your Christian man suit. And you've got to say, devil, I will not be afraid of what you can bring. See, there's some of you that are afraid of what tomorrow holds and you don't even know it. There's some of you that won't possess the call of God on your life because you're afraid of what could happen. There's some of you that know what you're supposed to do with your job and you won't do it because you're afraid. Because you don't believe that God will be your provider. Listen to me. There's some single moms out there 
you're afraid. You're afraid that you can't do this on your own. Well, let me tell you something. For the last 13 days, I've done it on my own, and you're right. You're right. It's scary. But there ain't nothing that Christ hasn't overcome. Nothing that he can't get you through. And just like God gave me favor in a group of men, he'll give you favor and he will help be the father to your child. There's some of you out there that that are just going to go belly up financially. It's okay. It's okay. God's got this. You think this could be the most desperate place of your life, but maybe, just maybe, this is like a forest fire. And once the fire forges through and burns everything up, it becomes nutrients for what's going to come up out of the ashes. You can't think with your carnal mind because your mind can't think it. We don't possess the ability to think like Christ thinks in his fullness. But the spirit in you can start responding the way Christ needs you to respond. And when you do that, You start out with the song we sing. Let praise arise. What happens? Who would have known that we would write that song like that? It's all about praise in the midst of your battle. When the battle's raging around me, that's okay. I'm not going to back down with my praise. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep giving thanksgiving. I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to be of good cheer because I can't see the outcome. But you can. You can see the outcome. And after you let your praise arise, what happens? That praise mixed with faith and knowing what he did at the power of cross turns into a faith praise. You begin to praise your way out of a situation that you didn't even know. And I'm just here to tell you, if some of you think you can't sing, if some of you are afraid of what you sound like and you praise, some of you are concerned about what people think about you, that's the first thing. You're going to have to quit feeling. You're going to have to quit feeling because I'm going to tell you, you might be in Meyer and Martha when I'm coming down that aisle checking out. You might just hear me praising the Lord. You just want to hear me praising the Lord because the devil's trying to tell me what I can't do. The devil's trying to tell me what's up against me. Some of us have got to begin to praise through where we are. Let that praise rise so that it can flip and turn into faith. It's Brother Philip saying, I ain't worried about it. God's going to bless me. God's going to push me to a new level. I've been waiting to work for the Lord free. I've been working to wait for the Lord free. Why? Because Philip knew God was his provider. Ain't no job going to provide what he needs. God was his provider. So if you would stand to your feet today, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you all. And I'm just going to pray that the work that the Lord has started today in you. Listen, I want you to put yourself into these situations this week. I want you thinking about overcoming in all situations. When you hear a piece of good news... I want you to mentally flip it and go, but what would I have said if this happened? I want you to start preparing yourself. See, because Mr. Wren, when he knows he's in a situation, when he's walking through a mall, he's already scoping out the crowd to see who could take advantage of him. I want you to start looking to say, when the devil looks for this opportunity to take advantage of me, I'm going to see it coming this way. 
I'm going to see it coming. And you mark my words that the next tribulation that comes your way, you watch that your response isn't different. Because I'm telling you, mine's already been different. And it's only been a couple weeks that I've been churning this in my heart. Just a couple weeks that it took, I had to arrest my mind. Be still. Shut up. You don't rule me. When dad talks about a word fast, he talks about, Daniel said this last week. He said, before we went into our writing session, he said, I think we should shut up. I think we should stop talking. And I'm like, well, why would we stop talking? We're going to write tongues. And Dan's like, shh. Because when you shut your mouth, you hear all that that's going on around you. And the challenge is to not speak it. Don't let it run your life. And I'm telling you that if you won't take a fast and shut your lips, you will hear your mind louder than you've ever heard it before. And when you hear that mind, you're going to know exactly what place that mind's speaking out of. Whether it's speaking out of your carnal man or whether it's speaking out of your spiritual man. This has to submit to me. My heart, my mind, to mix up those feelings, I got control over. You've got control over. But you might have peace if you choose to use it. And you might not if you don't. But it's guaranteed that tribulation's coming. What will be your response? All right? Let's practice one more time before we leave. Hmm. Old song comes back to my mind, whose report will you believe? Do you remember that? Sister Barb can sing that song off the charts. She's probably in heaven saying, sing it, sister. Just sing it right now. Well, yeah, there's a reason Barb could sing it, and I couldn't either. Okay. Let's see. Mom, I got to come home. Why do you have to come home, son? Because they said I didn't get a scholarship to pay for the rest of my college, and I don't have the $8,500 it's going to take to complete the next quarter. All right. Lincoln, don't, don't pull that on me. You're in trouble. That SAT is coming up. You better score high, buddy. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come before you. And Father, we receive the word of the Lord that you spoke to us today about being overcomers. Father, we repent. We repent and turn from our ways. We repent and say, God, I've responded incorrectly. I've responded it from a place of fear and doubt and unbelief. But God, from today... Today, I choose that when the assault of the enemy comes, that God, I will respond with a faithful heart. God, I will respond one that's not in fear, one that's not in unbelief, but God, one that believes what the word of the Lord says. Father, for you did not go to the cross in vain, but I will reach out and grab what you've done, and I will possess everything you've called. God, I will take the perfect and acceptable will of Christ today in the name of Jesus. God, help me this week, God, to use it, to be aware of it, and to see it come. Help me lift up my brothers and sisters, Father, when tribulation comes their way. Father, I thank you, Lord, that I don't work out of this fleshly oh, suit that I got on, but Lord, I'm putting my feelings aside, and I'm letting my faith arise in the name of Jesus. Go and have a good week. We'll see you at Wednesday night service.